Um, I'm gonna go this other way. One, two, three, go to the speaker's corner. Speaker's Make a corner. comment on any subject or ask someone a question. Right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no interrupting. Wow. Uh, wait, make a comment on any subject. <laughs> Raccoons are jerks. <laughs> That's the statement. Welcome to Witch Game First, where we explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we find any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up this week, we hope the city council chooses our design proposals over the competitors in Cloud City. Next up, we try to restore power to an island filled with dangerous dinosaurs in Saria. And lastly, we bear our hearts and souls and our deepest thoughts to one another in Social Security. I'm your head counselor, Celeste Angeles. Joined with me on the couch are my empathetic co-hosts, Evan Bernstein. Hello, everyone. Ed Povolitis. Um, hi, everybody. Hi. And Mikey Grenier. <laughs> Namaste. <laughs> Our first game up this week is Cloud City, designed by Phil Walker Harding, published by Blue Orange Games in 2020, number of players 2 to 4, ages 10 and up, playtime. 30 to 60 minutes. All right, Mikey, tell us what's in the cloudy box. The cover of the box has us peering down from the clouds at a carefully woven cityscape, complete with skyscrapers of all sizes, stitched together with magnificent skywalks. Inside, you'll find 96 buildings, 93 walkways, 48 cloud tiles, and 10 special request cards for a game variant. And that's what's in the box. This is terrible. Before we tell you if these buildings <laughs> scrape the sky, Evan, give us a quick <laughs> overview of how it's played. <laughs> Cloud City is an abstract strategy game where players are architects, designing the best city planning project in hopes of being the one to be chosen by the city council. Develop your city with buildings and build walkways to connect buildings to one another. Walkways earn city council votes, and the longer the walkway, the more points. Walkways can earn one, two, three, five, or eight city council votes. River walkways connect the smallest buildings, forest walkways connect mid-sized buildings, and ice walkways connect the tallest buildings. The architect with the city plan that features the most and longest walkways will win the game, and no, Lando Calrissian is not on the count of Cloud City. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We got our Star oh, Wars. He was just joking. an administrator, right? Yeah. Oh, very good, Ed. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> bonus points for Ed. Mm -hmm. No cash value to those bonus points. Sorry. <laughs> so, Ed, where did you guys play this game? We played this on Board Game Arena, and they had a lovely 3D interface for this game. Are we talking like an AutoCAD? I mean, <laughs> what did it look like? <laughs> it kind of. It, it gave you a 3D representation of the board games in the building. So you see, you, know, you can move around like you're playing this game like on Tabletop Simulator in a way where you can see mm -hmm. the whole world in 3D. And then oh. you put tiles next to there. And with the buildings, you can see the 3D representation of the buildings you're um, you're putting in with the walkways you put between the buildings are represented by 3D. So it's, it's like you're playing the game physically in a way. 
it's actually in a way cooler than playing it in in person because you wouldn't be able to lift up the whole board and turn it basically upside down and facing you and you, know, you can spin it in all directions so in in a, in a way you get a better view i didn't know bga had that feature that is a really thing. different type of animation for right. for them yeah. i mean it's like a whole different isn't that an entirely different skill set yeah, it is. Uh, we played something similar that had a 3D interface on Board Game Arena. I think it was Santorini. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Santorini, you can move the board around a little bit like this. And it was cool. I think it actually helped you to visualize everything. And, and I was pleasantly surprised to see that on, on uh, Board Game Arena. Do you think it made you a better builder being able to manipulate the board like that? I think it distracted me more <laughs> a little bit, actually. Um that's a change too. You are you telling mm -hmm. me that each of you were were able to control the view of your board? Mm -hmm. Yes, we had control of the view of our own city. Plus, I can go over and see what Mikey was doing because he had like we had both had our own cities, our separate cities that we're building, and I was able to kind of like click over and see what Mikey was doing and show it to the audience because we did this live. Oh, that's not connected. There we go. Kabingo. There you go. That, there, there you go. go. That's what I was looking for. I still lost already, and Ed still has another turn. So it's <laughs> my turn. So let's yeah. go view so just, my city. So here's the Mikey Glorious City here. Yep. Well, a couple buildings don't have any way to get to them. Like, this must be, like, the fish market or something. This, like, right. loose one all by itself. you got a big snake kind of going on the orange top, so that's kind of nice. But it's not going to be enough. There's no end game points. I mean, I know what uh, I got. Yeah, right? yeah, I think so. So let's go over my city now. Mm -hmm. so I got this kind of, like, double Skywalker thing here. My best placement is going to be this building right there. Mm. So, and, uh, Ed, would you be interested in a round two since I know what I'm doing now? And you've already <laughs> crushed me severely. So we played it live, and a lot of times everybody knows we kind of stumble into the rules quickly. And I mm -hmm. thought what the point of this was was to make walkways, like, because it said walkways. I wasn't thinking skywalks. I was thinking you were making walkways on the ground. So I started setting myself my city up so that you could get around the blocks easy. But you're actually connecting the buildings on top through a skyway. Right. And then um, so yeah. some of them weave underneath each other, too. Like you can have one that's at a higher level and then a lower level one goes underneath it and crosses it. Right. So you have these interconnecting skywalks. Some of them are really tall and you have other skywalk going underneath it. Kind of a neat effect. Yeah. It's cool. It's like you're kind of weaving together a little puzzle for yourself. So the second game we played, because I, I demanded a second game. <laughs> yeah. How long did the first game take? It was quick, right? Like, it what do you was think? Really of? quick. We got both plays done in under an hour, I think. Yeah, mm. it was like probably oh, twenty minutes a piece, actually, something like that. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was a quick game because you really there's not a lot that you need to do or look at. You you have three little cards that lay out what types of buildings you're going to put on your board, um, and then after you place the little card, you may put some walkways between the buildings that are of the same heights that are directly yeah. across from each other. Have to be the same height. Same mostly. height, right. Well, exactly. Yeah, it has to be the same height. And the reason why you may, because you might want to set it up for something later. You don't mm -hmm. need it. Now it's like, you know what? I think I'm going to mm -hmm. try to make this a longer connection later. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right. And, oh, I, yeah. and you, you want to get those long connections in early because the higher level point connections are limited. So mm -hmm. you might... oh, So the higher, the fewer. Is well, all saying. the connections <laughs> are limited. But... <laughs> Star Trek nice joke. One. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> what were you going to say, Ed? That was a good one. 
So, so we're racing for those high point ones because it's like, I would try to set up this like, oh, I got this tall one. I got to build this other city over here and it's going to be a nice long one. And then I found out I was out. Mikey took the last piece. Of course, because after I figured out what I was doing, I was like, oh, I'm getting those good high end <laughs> pieces. Of course, that's how I roll. But Ed, Ed failed to mention to me until halfway through the second game that you could only have uh, what was it? Three connections onto one building and not four. I did mention it earlier. It's just an <laughs> often forgotten rule. I thought the rule stated two connections for any one building. I think that's what it is, right? Two connections on any single building. Okay. Um, because if you'd put a pole in the middle, you could connect four off of it if the game allowed you to, but it did not. How big can your mat get? Well, I think it's depending on the number of players. We played with a three by three cities. That seems so tiny. It's it's pretty small, and it, but. You, a city like a block has two buildings on it, so actually you have you can have eighteen buildings on your board. Okay, all right. So a three building. by three grid means you can put two buildings per square on the grid. Yeah, exactly. The squares are preset with two mm-hmm. buildings on them, and that's kind of how you shape the puzzle yeah. of your city. Yeah, it's worth eighteen buildings. A fair amount of buildings seems nicely crowded to me. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it ends up getting real tight by the end. What are you charging? A hundred a square foot, or? <laughs> uh, New York City is like 1100 a square foot per month yeah. I think. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, for, but, for uh, whoever's the, left in, in the city yeah whoever's still, I still I'm still here everybody I'm <laughs> yeah, still you here are, right, you are. Yeah. I was wondering about you I'm like gee I wonder if Mike uh, is gonna take off too nah I'm loving it so another interesting part about it is that you only start with one square of you know with two buildings on it and you build around it, but you can build off of it in any direction as long as you end up with a nine, a three by three square. So you can build two spaces to the right first, or one space to the left and one space down, and then one space to the left again. So you get right. like you know, it, it's cool how you don't really see the full shape of the grid of your city until you fully built it. And it's up to you to plan where that initial one is. It can be anywhere. Do you think there is a better location? Like, is the center better than the edge to start? Uh, oh, good question. Um, Strategy. So strategically speaking, I noticed that it's hard to get long connections unless you put the big, tall buildings towards the outside of your whole domicile. So I was right. trying to get the tiles that I could spin so that my big buildings were in the corners. And then my smaller buildings were kind of on a second row towards the center. And then the, the even smaller buildings were more center focused so that I could kind of like utilize all the space effectively. Yeah, I would kind of go for like, you know, the rows would have the big buildings and the columns would have the medium buildings. This way I can have long ones for both as long as they're <laughs> in their separate oh. rows as they were. Yeah, it's I tricky see. though because you're limited in the amount of tiles that you can get. So after mm-hmm, you use right. one, yeah. you have to pick another one from three that are on the side or mm-hmm. you can draw randos off the top, which I enjoyed doing. <laughs> well, that does sound fun. That sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever get one where you're like, oh, what am I going to do with this? Uh, yeah, I had. But the good thing is by the end of the game, you still have leftovers, but you might get stuck with one for basically the whole game that just doesn't fit your strategy. Mm, yeah. Right. Backseat driver. So you're buying, you're buying mm-hmm. these from a market. So you have a, some choices. You're not like, oh, this is the only one I have to work with. Mm-hmm. But you right, can exactly. get a rando, right? Ed, you can get one a, a totally random. Mm-hmm. You can, but you have a hand though. You have like a hand of three, and as you play one, you can draw another one. So you, you have a hand of options. It's not like mm-hmm. 
you know, the one you draw, you have to play it. You, you have mm. other ones in your hand. You can like, oh, that one I drew off the top wasn't necessarily the best. I can use this other one, which is, no, it's okay. I was hoping for something a little better. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Cloud City. I don't know how you're going to bury it, though. It's like, how do you get it underground? In the cloud. <laughs> it's, cloud. it's in the cloud. It's buried in the cloud. Cut it loose. Is it dig up or cut it loose? Let it float into <laughs> the stratosphere? Deflate? I don't know. <laughs> Mike? Weaving a 3D puzzle together was fun to look at as well as to play. Oh, I'd like to give it a go in person, but after playing the digital version, I think I'll dig it up. Ed? It's a very cool looking 3D puzzle and a bit of a race game. And it's very easy to pick up and learn how to play. While I'm not sure if it'll keep my interest for many, many playthroughs, I'm still interested in building more cities, so I'll dig this up and race for the skies. Would you use a skywalk so high that it's in the clouds? Let us know. We are at Wish Game First on all social media. Well, Evan, last week you had a breaking announcement about WGF recording bonus points live on Thursday nights for our patrons. Now... I hear that you have more breaking news about Thursday nights. Wait, what? <laughs> That's right. More <laughs> that... breaking news. This coming in as anything else. Oh, we can fit more and we are fitting more. And thank you for that, Celeste. So I'm going to continue our breaking news from the last episode. Remember, I told you, clear your Thursday calendars because we've taken over Thursdays. Every Thursday, which game first is also live online, mm-hmm. 7 o'clock Eastern U.S. time. We are simulcasting in broadband speeds so fast it would make your head explode. <laughs> Which Game First live Thursday night gaming on our YouTube channel, our Twitch channel, and our Facebook channel. Watch us play a board game online for the first time as we stumble and bumble our way through the experience like true trailblazing game explorers. <laughs> but it's not just us. You're exploring with us through audience interaction. We answer your questions, we take your game move suggestions sometimes, mm, sometimes. And, <laughs> and we often play trivia games with you, the audience, throughout the show. You are very much a part of Which Game First live Thursday night game sessions. And you do not have to be a patron to participate. Anyone can tune in and enjoy. It's one of the highlights of our week. We cannot wait to see you all on Thursday nights. Oh, and once again, we very much appreciate all of our listeners, both patrons and non-patrons, any and all years that we can get listening to our show we very much appreciate it, and that is the goal here at Which Game First. Thank pa- you. We're playing yeah. the game for you. Patrons rule! Our next game up is Saria. Designed by Maximilian, spelled just like my son's name, Dennis. Uh-huh. Published by Million Games. Number of players, 1 to 5, ages 14 and up. Playtime, 45 to 150 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long time to spend with dinos running amok on the island. Mikey, what's in this scary, toothy box? So the cover shows a volcano exploding in the background <laughs> of a life or death struggle between a vicious raptor and a very determined hunter who has somehow managed to stay clean and keep his fedora on his head. I know. Inside, his, his cuts are so neat on his shirt. Yeah, I know. How did he manage that? 
<laughs> uh, he's going down swinging and looking good doing He's looking it. good. Mm-hmm. He looks determined, but he looks sexy. Yeah, this is definitely a, uh, who's the guy that does all the movies that are like super, super action and bad, bad acting? Um, what's uh, I mean, oh, gosh. <laughs> there's a long list. <laughs> Michael Bay. Michael Bay, thank you. Yes, thank Michael you. Bay. That's Save it. the day. Everything explodes. Exploding yeah. dinosaurs. Everybody's really good looking and everything explodes. This is a Michael Bay cover for sure. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Uh, inside the box, we find a board, six character boards, six character standees, 181 cards for characters, goals, dinos, encounters, events, items, wounds, lava, and vehicles. There are 20 dinosaur standees, 10 encounter tokens, 7 custom attack dice, 5 area noise bags, 25 location hexes, 50 lava hexes, 225 cubes, 30 objective tokens, 6 power tokens, a signal marker, a turn tracker, and a player one token. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we tell you if we thrived or failed to survive, Evan, lock and load, tell us the rules. Asaria is a game of survival where each player must survive on an island filled with dinosaurs for up to 16 days, which is 16 rounds, all the while trying to restore power and functionality to a dinosaur park that has turned into a feeding frenzy. (laughs) (laughs) Each player also has individual goals, which, if achieved, yield extra victory points. But escaping the island is the primary goal. The game takes place over 16 turns, as I said, which make up 48 in-game hours. Once the 16th turn is over, so is the game, and any character who has not reached safety is dead. (laughs) Players take turns performing actions, engaging in unique encounters, and interacting with the park's locations. Meanwhile, dinosaurs reveal themselves. They hunt, attack, and defend themselves against the players and other dinosaurs. And to make matters even worse... At the 24-hour mark, halfway through the game, the volcano begins to spew lava onto the island, destroying roads, jungles, buildings, some players, and panicking even the friendliest of dinosaurs. Listen, we got to use the FX budget somehow. (laughs) Absolutely. Now, let's see if this game is dynamite. (laughs) See? Dinosaur, dynamite explosion. It's awesome. Tied it all in in one one very clever word, so you're welcome. Wow. Perfect. (laughs) Uh, before we start with the hands down, my favorite section of this game, let's first talk about the look of this thing. It's hex based, ah. Evan. Yes, thank goodness for that. Yeah. We love hex bases, hex maps. The hexes are good. It's the infamous hex hex, where it's a hex shaped board full of hexes. Is that mm, infamous? The double hex. Yeah, there's a lot of games that no famous. Uh, yes, well, I mean, it's well. famous or infamous, depends on your opinion, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> We were provided a prototype game. Mm-hmm. But it looked really good. Yeah, for prototype, it had a lot of features that seemed to be, we'll make it to the final draft, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Evan, did you like the little bags? Oh, pick bags. Several bagos in this game. <laughs> little pick bags. A one, representing areas of the island, mm-hmm. uh, which are noise bags. So there's a set amount of cubes inside that you draw from. And if you draw the wrong cube, you're making noises and you're attracting Dangerous dinosaurs. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of uh, Clank. <laughs> yeah, Clank does something like that. Oh, yeah. Clank does right. that too, right? Yep. That okay. was my favorite part of this game was the noise element. 
Liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Make noise, produce a dinosaur. You know, dinosaur shows up. Love that. It's so simple. Yeah, and it, the noise like accumulates over time, which is represented by leaving the cubes out of the bag. So the more cubes you pull out, the more likely you are to pull a red cube, which kind of summons the dinosaurs to your area. Although the first cube I pulled out of my bag, which was 16 <laughs> black cubes and four red cubes, was a red. Oh, four and 16. <laughs> what is that, well, four and 16? That's like, that's pretty, that's a pretty- 20%. Yeah. There's a 20%, 20% chance, percent chance of yeah. throwing red. Yeah. And Mikey got it. Twice, actually. <laughs> <laughs> two out of my first three pulls actually were red <laughs> oh way to beat the odds mike i know right <laughs> i, I kind of wish those bags were better coordinated with the colors and and I, i'm giving a lot of leniency because it's a prototype but right they didn't right. quite match the colors on the board no, not that they quite, correspond yeah. to but. it was yeah, a little could, and, the, and the outlines could be yeah a little more bold to help better designate the areas right color coded right. I agree with that. Yeah, I could have been a little clearer. Yeah, it just took us a minute to sort it out. But once we got that sorted out, that whole concept was really easy and fun. It's just looking up particular concepts. Okay, we pull the cube out of the bag. Do we leave it out? (laughs) Right. It doesn't say to put it back in, so I guess we leave it out. Yep. Let's talk themes. I mean, is this a kitchen sink situation here? (laughs) Uh, I think they were very specific in what theme they wanted, and they hinted at it in all the rules and cards that they were definitely making direct pokes at Jurassic Park. Wait, Uh, what? Are we allowed to say that? Of course. We can say anything we want. It reminded us of Jurassic Park. Well, the dinosaur park, so it's not Jurassic, it's dinosaur park I, survival I said it game. gave nods to Jurassic Park because it actually yeah. said, hold on to your butts in the rule book, okay? I know. Yeah, they had all sorts of quotes directly from the movie or the book or whatever uh-huh. that made it in, into this game. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I suppose. Yeah. Look, that's uh, considered open enough source that nobody's going to come after million games to say no you can't uh, use this i mean no. it's in the spirit no. a dinosaur theme park i mean it's it's in the spirit of jurassic park but you know it isn't jurassic park so it's not like they took any intellectual property yeah i mean I, I, frankly i think it's an improvement over some of the um uh storyline of jurassic park which was sadly thin it could have used an exploding volcano let's just say that <laughs> oh, jurassic park could have used an exploding volcano <laughs> <laughs> Michael Crichton, if you're listening to this podcast, we invite you on to defend your literary work against our review. That's right. Okay. <laughs> Anytime, Crichton. Well, I guess there are some differences between the book and the movie if you ask some people in some circles. Oh, was there an exploding volcano in the book? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't remember the exploding volcano. Thanks. In there. I don't recall that. Yeah. So the volcano's new. new. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> this game nods at least to Jurassic Park, which I thought was cool because, you know, that movie, as old as it is, still has lots of like fans and people who love that excitement of, you know, prehistoric animals chasing you around and all the different things that can go wrong in a Jurassic style park. It sounds so cool. Yeah, let's uh, have a park and raise up any clone dinosaurs. It'd be a great idea, right? <laughs> yeah. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Well, I, you know what I liked about it? story-wise or theme-wise you start the game in the middle of a bad situation Mm -hmm. because a lot of because the island is mostly undiscovered like the power is off and resources are scarce right mike Mm -hmm. no guns Mm -hmm. for the hunters yeah among other things (laughs) so you you start off in a in this um desperate sort of situation and you're you need to scramble to sort of survive so Mm -hmm. i i really like that for theme sake 
I have. Uh, dinosaurs do not retaliate against ranged attacks. All right. Can I make so, a ranged attack? Or? Do you have something that gives you that simple? There's I'm, a simple for it. I mean, I'm ranged a marksman, attack. so it says marksman. Roll an additional yellow die when making ranged attacks. Oh, so you can do a ranged attack. Is ranged attack range one of your actions? You have to have a. You I'm, have to have not, probably have the gun. You have yeah, to have I'm a not hair. sure like this, why a hunter pistol. doesn't have a gun. <laughs> do I even have a knife? Well, like, you're like Rambo. You know, you just yeah, do. I have you, to search for a gun as the hunter. Sharpen a stick I mean, and go understand. around and poke things. So I don't start with a gun <laughs> as a hunter. Okay, got it. It says marksman. That means when I'm making a, a ranged attack. Maybe it's more like I'm good at hunting. shooting, but I don't carry a gun around to Dinosaur Island with me. Maybe it's more Is like that treasure right hunter. Now? Or maybe they're locked up in the army. How? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to go find Part your Part of your weapon. obstacle. Oh, That's right. You had to check your weapon. They the hired door. me as a marksman to come to this island. Don't worry. I got a prank pistol. Now, I, I talked to the designer of the game after we played it, and I was like, hey, uh, the, seems like the hunter does not start with a with a gun. Was that a mistake? Like, did we get a prototype that was missing a piece? And he said, no, that was originally by design, although he's gotten some feedback about that fact and has given each of the characters an item to start with now. So you'll be seeing an uh-huh. item for every character in the uh, game when it releases. And that makes a lot of sense to me because I was very upset that my hunter character, whose all, all their goals was to kill dinosaurs, had no gun to start with. And their special abilities were gun-based. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. I so, mean, the ranger's yeah. item was a gun, and the idea that the hunter's special abilities were gun-based, and he didn't start with one, didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, I was playing the sciences, and I had like clearly different goals from other people in the game. Mm-hmm. Like the goal of opening up one of the dinosaur gates to let a dinosaur in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That? I was there to save my resource and let the dinosaur free. I yep. got a lot of uh, uh, bonus <laughs> points for going over to that big pen with the giant dinosaur and power it up and release the dino. Wow. Um, right onto and the hunter. Yes. Yeah, right onto me. <laughs> right onto my space. So just if you were wondering if this is cooperative, it isn't. Nope. <laughs> yeah, it's not really a cooperative game. I mean, we're, no. we're not directly working against each other but not exactly you definitely released a dimetrodon no something even bigger than that what was a spinosaurus into my space and then ran away (laughs) i mean there is an there is an advantage to wanting to see your fellow players survive because the chances of a dinosaur going after you uh the odds are less if there are more players frankly mm-hmm. right <laughs> so don't need to be faster than a dinosaur i just need to be faster than you right yeah that's right you just need to be the second slowest not the slowest <laughs> there's a built-in ai which causes the dinosaurs to chase after wounded people first and then non-wounded people first if they're equally distant from them but they're basically mm-hmm. going after either other dinosaurs or people that are closer to them and there's a hierarchy of which ones they go after first which i thought was pretty cool well, it did take us a while to get started with this game. Uh, the rules were a bit of a challenge. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't that it was, the rules were difficult. It's just that when you're reading through, it's like, okay, we did the setup and we did this. And now, okay, oh, what happened when you actually draw the noise cube? Well, um, it's not in the section by the dinosaur. Let me check it over here. Oh, it's in this little setup section over here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. And, and I think a little redundancy would be helpful. Like mm-hmm. not not just mm-hmm. put in the setup how the cubes work, but put it when you're talking about summoning the dinosaurs to the board also. 
you know, just for clarity and just so you're not flipping back and forth mm-hmm. through the rule book to find it. Yeah, an extra reference card about how the AI works yeah. would have been helpful, plus player turn cards, I think, you know, would, yeah, would have a, been Yeah, a kind of a player too. reference aid. I mean, you do have a mm-hmm. great player board that has all your actions on there with your action cost on, mm-hmm. and you got your, your extra cube there so you can some special action cost a cube that you need to spend. So it, it, that's well organized there, but having a reference section in the rule book, like, okay, I need to know exactly how this works and being able to say, okay, here is the rule on this and be able to find it quickly, I think would be good. Uh, so how did you guys like the combats? Because once in a while, a dinosaur does actually attack. I mean, as the hunter, I found it kind of weird that I got, I found a bunch of guns on the board by searching the different locations that would likely have a gun. I found a couple pistols, and they didn't actually affect larger dinosaurs, even though I have a default attack, which is my punch or stab or whatever it is, that could affect the dinosaurs. I found that weird. You can punch a big dinosaur, but you can't shoot a big dinosaur with a pistol. Right. (laughs) That is correct. That is a bit, yeah, incongruous. I totally understand the instinct to give people some way to fight back, even if it's the weakest of the three combat dice. Mm -hmm. But you know, a gun should at least have that much impact or a little bit more. Just a little impact on a delayed dinosaur, sure. Right. Were the custom combat dice clear enough to understand? Well, it had like little dice symbols to indicate which color dice you need for each item. So if you're doing your fist, you only get one green die, which is the weakest. But if you got the, you know, the assault rifle, you get to throw some red dice, which is, you know, helpful. Mm-hmm. And so the dice had different amounts of hits on them and blank sides, too, which, you know, everybody knows I hate blank sides on the die. I I like hearing you talk about blank sides. Oh, man, it makes me crazy. But, um, but, yeah, but some of the, like, the red die has more hits on it, and it has a couple double hits on it, too. And the green die has, like, two hits on the whole die that are two single hits. So you're striving to have weapons that do better versions of the dice as well as more dice. Because there was a dinosaur that got released that needed 11 hits to take it down. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, no way. You got a lot of <laughs> dice and a lot of action. You better have a lot of bullets. Yeah, that's another thing, too. The guns come with bullets in them. Like, the, the, uh, the tranquilizer gun, you find the gun. You do the search for it in the location that has a gun. You're like, yay, a tranquilizer rifle. It does zero damage but knocks the dinosaur out for two turns. But it has two shots. And if you miss with that green die... Yeah, Oops. the dinosaur is still coming at you. Yeah. I'm between between like keeping track of things like that, items and how they operate and you know if they have limited resources on the items and then the traits and then basic move options and then special turn options. I was a little overwhelmed with choices. I thought it was too much going a little yeah. too much going on when when it was my turn. Yeah, I agree. Um, There were also these encounters in which you would uh, draw a card and become this choose-your-own-adventure aspect. Oh, I like that. Which I actually like. I like that convention in games. But but there's another level or layer Mm -hmm. of complexity. And don't forget, guys, there was a day versus night scenario because this takes place over the course of two days. So... Things you're hampered at night with like vision and other and other things or some, you know, your sneak might be better at night. But there, you know, there are different scenarios or different. Uh, it's a different environment when you're playing in the day versus the night. So just another level of complexity to add on to everything else. I was OK with the night. I had night vision goggles. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. But the point being is that it's it's 
I can see Celeste's point about how there's a lot going on here and maybe too much for some people. Yeah, not not even a lot going on so much as just too many choices when it's my turn. Too much to track. Onto what you're saying there, Celeste, is that there was three different ways to move. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it wasn't there was just too many choices. There was a lot of ways to do kind of the same thing. Mm. Like the un- unload or shoot or attack or three different ways to attack. Move, sneak, and sprint were three different ways to move. So, you know, I could see how... It was nice to have options, but also for somebody in the entry level of a game like this, especially playing it your first time, there seems to be a lot going on there. And then the volcano explodes halfway through. <laughs> it causes more Flips chaos. the script, starts taking up spaces on the board and destroying <laughs> locations. There's one location on the board that if you don't get all the parts you need to activate the location before the lava starts coming, that's no longer an escape option anymore. Because <laughs> remember, if you don't escape this island by the 16th round, you're, that's it. You're, you're lose. done. You're out. <laughs> it's all or nothing. Your whole family dead. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, it's a nice second act end thing. The volcano goes off and, you know, things get kicked into high gear. Yeah, you can see Michael Bay directing this movie, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Right. And Mikey, you were saying, I mean, it does kind of make you move, right? Once the volcano mm-hmm. goes off. I mean, that's one of the few things that makes you move in this game, though, because certain characters have certain goals and they're kind of, it behooves them to stay in a location where they can do searches for stuff that helps them to complete their goal. There were a couple things that made you move, but as the hunter, all I had to do was kill dinosaurs. So I would just stay in the gun location, search for new guns every turn, and keep shooting them until they're all dead. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I I feel like there could be a little more incentive to move, and and the lava, I think, helps that a little bit, at least. Uh, I think it's goal-dependent. Like, my goal, I had to uh, release the dinosaur, which you mentioned. I also had to go find some dino eggs and find research. So I had to search more of the island to get those three different goals. I wasn't going to be able to do that just sitting still. Right. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Saria. Evan? Saria has some good features I like in my board games. Hextile, special dice, cutouts on the player cards for the energy markers, pick bags, and choose your own adventure feature. The game was lacking in rules clarity and cards denoting the order of operations in a round, and 16 rounds seemed a little too long for me as well. But despite the issues, I think the game has promise, so I'm going to remain optimistic that they'll tweak enough of this before it gets delivered, and I'll dig it up. Ed? We encountered a few hiccups with the rules at first, but one thing got going, the theme was so familiar, and the action was so fun, so I'll dig this up to set a large carnal free again. (laughs) (laughs) Mike? There still seems to be a few things to flesh out and iron out, but there are some good bones here. I'll dig it up now to see how it evolves. I liked the theme. It definitely informed play, but... If this is possible, I think it maybe informed too much of the play, (laughs) meaning there was just too much theme here. Uh, I suspect it may be streamlined a little more in the final version, as Evan said. So with that hope in mind, I will dig it up. Plus, I'm also partial to people named Maximilian. (laughs) So which dino would you visit in an actual Jurassic Park? Let us know. We are at which game first. The answer is none. Do not go to a Jurassic Park. <laughs> There's no way yes, not to get into the Cretaceous well. period, folks. No giraffe. No giraffe. Please. 
<laughs> It'll be fine. Trust me, just like all the other Disney parks. You know it'll be operated by Disney. Oh, yeah. Our last game up this week is Social Security, designed by Roger Burton, published by Ungame, which has published uh, several other games um, that we have, I think, in the hopper at some point in the future to play. Uh, published in 1976, number of players three to six, ages six and up. Playtime not listed. Okay, Mikey, tell us what's in this old-fashioned box. The cover of the box shows a diverse array of folks having a pleasant day in a hidden grotto of oversized sunflowers. (laughs) (laughs) Inside the box, we discover a board, six decks of cards, six pawns, a six-sided die, and a spinner built right into the box. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we tell you if this game makes you feel secure in society, Evan, please gently, kindly tell us the rules. Mm, I will. And by the way, as I describe this, I'm describing it as the game itself describes it. There's no editing here. So here's what they tell you. Social Security is a new, novel, (laughs) non-competitive game for family, classmates, church groups, or for any happening Social security consists of a game board, six kinds of cards, a spinner, pawns, and die, as Mike told you. Players from six-year-olds to grandparents will find themselves stretching their imaginations and practicing new communication skills. Players move around the board drawing, reading, and commenting on mildly thought-provoking cards. Some cards ask for an opinion on... I know. Well, some cards ask for an opinion on interpersonal issues... Some present Ozzy and Harriet type domestic <laughs> problems. Everyone's going to have to look up what Ozzy and Harriet is. <laughs> and then ask for possible solutions. Certain squares direct you to spin a large spinner built into the game box. Cool. That directs similar tasks. As the box reads, entertaining, enlightening, non-competitive, and non-threatening. Okay, let the backstabbing begin. <laughs> <laughs> the backstabbing part was you, right, Evan? That wasn't on the box. That's all, Evan. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got in there. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's oh. right. Beastniks, take this. Yeah, this is not a smirk and dagger game. It, <laughs> no. It's like the no. polar opposite of that. Right, guys? Oh, absolutely. Do you guys remember what one of the first... I, I, I picked this up online. It was a you know, used game, obviously, from 1976, so I got it at Etsy. Mm-hmm. I think I paid like 15 bucks for it. You remember one of the very first rules of this game was concerning the playing time? No. However long oh. you want, oh, you set that's right. the playing time. You set the time. Yeah, rule number one. Mm-hmm. Decide upon the length of the playing time. That's right. One hour is suggested. No, choose your own time. That's that mm-hmm. was that was really Isn't cool. That brilliant? It was. It was great. I wish Ed, who does the listing of the stats of the game at the beginning, the thing that I read at the beginning of every segment uh, tells you how, the play time and everything. That's written by Ed every week because Ed will not put up with any technical incorrectness on that. So he wants to make sure it's done right. So he does it himself. But I wish in this case he had actually done it. He had written the ages just like it was on the box, which is ages. Not six and up, but ages six to 106. So if you're 107, you're out of luck. You're out. You cannot <laughs> yeah, play this game if you're 107. Or five. Or five. I didn't know what I was getting when I bought this game. I thought it was going to be about money and economics and like how social security, totally. the system works. <laughs> right. That, yep. that, right. I was like, okay, you're, we're all playing elderly people. 
Right. Yes. And we need to maximize our benefits by right. coding like, this or working off of our spouse's benefits, you know, because it is kind of a nightmare, it's, yeah. you know, maze unto itself. You were not tipped off by the tagline on the, uh, the box cupboard, which is, it's getting along with people. Well, he doesn't read that far in. No. <laughs> I please. I stop. Right. Exactly. I mean, what I did I? too, Evan. I thought it was like about stretching your chicken bone soup for the week and like living <laughs> on a tight budget. Right. Mm-hmm. And- how to, how to get 10% off at the coffee shop, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah, and, and also, I think everybody here seems to be living well off of Social Security on the top right. cover here. That's yeah, true. that's true. They're doing pretty good. This yeah, is a Social they... Security utopia over here. <laughs> yeah. Bounty of food, animals. Uh, but not at all what the game was about. No. 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 So what was this game about, everybody? <laughs> Turns out this game is about asking your friends awkward questions. About how you feel about each other for the most part. Yeah, kind of. Or like or hot topics of the day, what you know, about spanking your children and stuff like that. Right, right. It's true. Right. Like social yeah. mores and yeah, mm-hmm. and interpersonal relationships. I thought it was adorable. What did you guys think? I mean, I did not expect the questions to be uh still relevant (laughs) you know what i mean as old as the game was or as high quality as they were yeah thought-provoking i I was pleasantly surprised by that yeah i mean here's a couple just from the spinner itself because there are cards you can draw for them to get to 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 get questions or things to to riff about or you can go to the spinner you know such as complete this sentence in 10 years i see myself as dot 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 that's Mm -hmm. a big question well that's like the every interview question ever no but it's a big question. Share a funny thing you saw lately. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it's a conversation starter. Yep. You know, it just mm-hmm. gets yep. you talking. Share okay. your thoughts about tickling. <laughs> it does say that. It, yeah, wow, that that's actually very uh-huh. timely. Like there has been yeah, a lot of a lot conversation of them are recently. surprisingly timely, yeah. Yeah, you might pick up one of those questions also, not just on the spinner, but you might land at the Dynamite Solutions Juice Bar or the <laughs> Values Market. <laughs> the Feelings the Fruit Stand. Hang out at the Sharing Table. <laughs> the Sharing Table. <laughs> I do like the Feelings Fruit yeah. Stand. That is, I think, my... Well, no, come on. Dynamite <laughs> Solutions too. Juice Bar. First off, I didn't even know the 70s That's had juice bars. I know, I right? No yeah, we learned something. Right? Yeah. I had. I didn't know that. And, uh-huh. we, and we, you know, were born in this... Basically yeah. in the 70s. Yeah. I don't remember any of that. Ever. Like, I don't think I ever saw a juice bar. Never. And there's a place that doesn't need any cards at all. It is the speaker's corner. Can you get a comment on anything you want? That's yeah. right. Get on your soapbox. Yep. Any yep. comment or question you like. So I just made a statement when I landed on there. I said, raccoons are jerks. and just let people respond to that and there was a surprising amount of things my friends had to say about raccoons and being jerks that's the whole statement statement. the whole statement yeah that was a statement because it wasn't a question yeah it said i I concur with the statement that raccoons are jerks (laughs) not that we're all responsible for having to say something because we don't we don't but yeah raccoons are obnoxious They are the worst. <laughs> the wow. worst. Mm-hmm. When you roll the die, you get to choose which direction that you want to go in, too. This game really encourages you to feel safe and make choices with every move that you make. Right. No wrong move, no wrong choice. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
And I also note that there's a start space, but there isn't an end space. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a good point, Ed. No backseat drivers in this game. It never game. ends. Everybody doesn't yeah. have to get to the gentleman's club before you end the game. Oh, gosh, please. <laughs> well, there is the pleasure place spinner. The pleasure place <laughs> spinner. Uh, and then I like the winner's circles, right? There were little boxes or circles. I think they were I think they were logs on the board. And anytime you landed on a winner space, all it meant was you needed to say something nice, positive about uh-huh, everybody uh-huh. else who's playing the game. I landed twice. So actually, it was a little bit tough to come up with two sets of really awesome things to say about you guys. But we managed, and that I really enjoyed. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of. It's more no, about no, my memory than anything else. It's kind of awkward sitting there listening to somebody say something nice about you, and you don't realize that until it's happening in this game. Like, wow, that is kind of awkward watching <laughs> Celeste trying to come up with something nice to say about me. <laughs> <laughs> but this game creates a lot of, um, I'd say awkward, but also not in a bad way, though. I mean, awkward as in nice way to open up to people, um, mm-hmm. which a lot of these psychological based games like educational psychology games don't do very well. I thought this game was yeah. a lot better at that. I, I, I agree. I, I agree. I with think that, it was Mike. intended to be kind of like an icebreaker type game. Yes. Instead of playing bingo on Thursday night, you go out to a group of people, maybe some people you're not all that familiar with, and open the box and start just talking about stuff, yeah. you know, it, which is, I don't know, it, it, it's weird, but at the same time, nice. It was pleasant. <laughs> I think you eventually will end up just picking up cards and reading them to each other, but rather than going around the board, because the board, although it does have some different spaces you can land on and stuff, it's not necessarily the heart of this game. You don't want to talk about the quality of the art on this board. <laughs> on this Candyland-like board? Uh... I, I thought it was kind of cute and very 70s. A yeah. Super 70s. The guy, the bartender at the Dynamite Solutions Juice Bar is like right out of Welcome Back, Cotter. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Look at that mustache. Yep. And bell bottoms. You know, flowers everywhere in a garden. Yeah, this is real 70s. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury social security is getting along with other people. Mike? (laughs) Usually these wellness psychology games are terrible. I've played a lot of bad ones. Uh, The Monster Machine one as an example. Um, But this was a pleasant surprise. The questions and subjects didn't seem super dated, and they actually evoked some serious discussion. So I have to dig this game up. Evan? Social security, I will admit, it's really like no other board game I've played before. And like Mike said, it was surprising. Be ready to share some inner thoughts with the group. Uh, it was also fun to just strike up random topics for discussion. I like this. Dig it up. Ed? Uh, as the other said, this is a surprising tool to explore social interactions and to express feelings. And it seems to be a pretty decent tool at that. I know psychologists, though. As a game... <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It's uh, well. I think it's a great activity, but not really necessarily a great game. So for that reason, I'll bury it. <laughs> we can't boo them, everybody. That's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> I respect your opinion, Ed. How's that? <laughs> Thank you. There you go. That's right. <laughs> Thank uh, you for the validation. I, I feel great for that. However. 
I do respectfully mm-hmm. disagree with you. I could totally see playing this game with my friends or also just to surprise them that it's not a game about, you know, managing your elderly budget, but uh, that it's, you know, this game about conversations. <laughs> I liked it a lot. There's a lot to look at here. It was fun. It's, uh, you know, the random spinner for no reason. Absolutely no need for the spinner. You could have put them on cards, but it was fun to have. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It gave me the warm fuzzies. What's better for a game? Dig it up. What game length would you choose for Social Security? Let us know. We are at which game first. And that brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing about all the game exploring you're, you're doing. Please reach out to us on Discord. We're there all the time. On Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere on social media. And if you get a chance, please, please share this podcast with your friends. If you like us, share us. It really helps. And happy gaming, explorers. Ed, how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling a little bit out of sorts. No, not really blue. More of a turquoise. Oh, we should invite him over for tea. Game of bridge? How about that? Oh, I love bridge. (laughs) Yeah, bridge. I like bridge. (laughs) (laughs) let's shut it off I think Doug and I came up with a name for our raccoon that uh, we raised our garbage every night we have a specific raccoon I think it's uh, Stumpy because he always knocks over uh, a can and gets at the food was Stumpy because he knocks the food over or just because Because. so you're insulting him for his height basically Oh, yeah, we insult ours for his weight. weight? Ours is really fat, so we call him Lord Rutherford. That sounds like a fat name. Wow, he has a title. (laughs) Lord Rutherford. Yeah. Yeah. Lord Lord of all the cans he surveys.